0: acts chapter four as we get started again this morning in our current series about the power of god and the, the holy spirit and the gospel message just in a brief portion of the book of acts we've been in chapter one we've been in chapters three and four and then been in chapters five and today we're going back to chapter four just so you know if you remember uh if you remember uh we did chapter 1 in the first sermon, the first message talking about the Holy Spirit, the need for the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the things that happened because of the Holy Spirit. If you read all of chapter 1 and 2, you'll, you'll read that 3,000 believed because of what the Spirit of God uh, did in the hearts and minds of the believers. And then in chapters 3 and 4, we studied again the miraculous signs that uh, happened because of the Holy Spirit and the faithfulness of the believers. And those miraculous signs, remember, were getting the attention of the believers or of the people who were soon to become the believers, the attention of the world, including the opposers. Again, we read 4,000 believed or so after that happening. And then in chapter 5, last week, we saw uh, more miraculous activity, getting more attention, mostly of the opposition, and we saw the power of God in the face of opposition. We saw the power of the gospel. We saw uh, the power of the Holy Spirit in the hearts and minds of the believers. Today we're going to look at more of the same, but however we're going to try to focus on uh, certain things that we can find in Acts chapter 4 beginning at verse 23, and let's read the first verses 23 and 24 together this is after uh, they had been arrested for healing the crippled man that had been crippled uh, uh, the crippled beggar and they were arrested and then they were told not to preach in Jesus name and they were told uh, to uh, go back into uh, the community without preaching the name of Jesus and they said judge for yourself what is right is it to obey God or to, to obey you or, or people And that was in verse uh, 19 of chapter uh, 4. And we read now, he says on verse 23, uh, he says on verse 23, he says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them, which is what what I just mentioned. He said, Stop preaching in Jesus' name. Stop doing this. Stop raising up people and believers. Stop creating problems for us. Verse 24 says, When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. All right. So let's pause right here and talk about this. First off, there's persecution. There's trouble. There is hardship. There is intimidation. There is threats coming because they're what? Preaching that Jesus is not only the messiah but also that he has resurrected from the dead which is important and it is important for everybody because we have to understand why are these religious leaders and otherwise uh, other folks so against the message that these apostles were these believers were preaching in the streets it's because it was it was changing what they had going it was changing what they had been teaching and it meant that they were going to lose some of their authority if not all of their authority so they were saying knock this off and don't don't forget it was just a few months before this a few months before this they were all standing before the roman government saying crucify jesus and let barabbas go remember and and they were saying hey let the blood be on our hands last week we talked about how they were adamant about saying you guys are you guys are insisting on the blood of this man being on our hands well They insisted first, remember. (laughs) And now this is a flashback to chapter 4 now. We're looking and he's like, look, Peter and John go back and say, here's what they told us. They said, we can't preach in Jesus' name anymore. What's the first thing they did? Together they prayed. Oh, how many times I have missed the opportunity to be the first thing I do about something is to pray. I suspect that maybe some of you might be in that same boat. We just have this seemingly natural reaction to respond to a situation with thought and maybe even discussion with others. And then maybe at some point we pray about it. I think the Lord would have us to pray first about everything. To go to him first with everything. This isn't just a small thing, is it? This is something huge. God, Jesus said, wait for the Spirit and then go and make disciples. That was the instructions that he gave all throughout the gospel accounts that we read. So that's what they're doing by the power of the Holy Spirit. They are doing just that. So they have God and his instructions and they have man and his instructions. And they've already answered the question. It's not like they're asking. They're going to ask, "What should we do?" Right? Because they've already answered the question in the previous verses, verse nineteen. They already told them, "Judge for yourself whether it's right in God's sight to obey you rather than God." I think this could be a side point for all of us. I think this is this. We could we could have a, a, this be a point of prayer in our life that we would be people like this. That whatever God says always trumps what anybody else says. Always comes first over what anybody else says. Even our own parents and grandparents. Because even though our parents and our grandparents should want the best for us, and most of the time do, Want the best for us, and they seem to hand down what they believe to be truth and the best things of life. They're not always right, are they? You can you can say yes because we're all humans and we're not always right. But you you some of you are grandparents, and you don't want your grandchildren to know that you're not perfect. <laughs> but they know, they know because sometimes you have to say no to them, and they're like ah. So then they go to grandpa or grandma, whoever they ask first. It's what we do when we're kids. We go play the system to get what we need. What I'm saying is, it always should be God. If we're going to go with what God says first, if, if it's always whatever God says is the priority, the ruling authority in our life, then why would we ever go to anybody else first? Why would, we, why would we pick up the phone or get on social media or send emails or go to somebody's house and say, I got this problem, what should I do? If we haven't talked to God first. Nothing wrong with some of those things, but if we haven't talked to God, then we're not getting the best or the right way of doing things. I think sometimes, this is just another a side note to the side note, sometimes I, I don't go to God first because I, I want the answer that I'm looking for. And I'm probably uh, pretty certain that he's going to tell me something different, right? Because we already know what God says if we read our Bibles. So they went to God, and look what they did. They went to God together. Together as a family, as a church family. They prayed together. There is power in prayer, and there's power in prayer. Communal prayer or the prayer within the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters coming together because it's the same spirit, the same Savior, the same Father. All one. So why wouldn't we come together and ask God what to do? It's what we try to do here, I think, in our, in our congregation here, our local congregation. We're seeking the Lord's guidance in how to make disciples. And what to do in the world, in this community... To be able to set ourselves up to be the best disciple makers we could be for god it's called vision it's called goals right that's what the leadership training stuff is all about we talk about where god might have us go what things we might do how could we do things different what should we do the same we go to god together so when they heard this it was natural for them to raise their voices together. They all together went in prayer. They didn't all pray together at the same time out loud. They had someone leading the prayer, and they would pass around. the. the it's some similar to what we do on Sunday mornings. Most of you should know, and maybe some of you don't know, but at 9.30, every Sunday morning, there's whoever's here in the building, we stop everything, and we have prayer. We have prayer over the prayer list, and then we have prayer over the day. And what's going to happen here? What we're doing right now. And it's important for the church, the family of believers to come together and talk to God so that we honor him and that we receive what he has for us and that we can worship him in a way that's appropriate. And that we lift up our brothers and sisters, look around the room, who are not here today for whatever the reasons are. They're taken away by problems in life or sicknesses or hardships or even just traveling so we can lift them up to the Lord so that when God gets them to a different place in their life, they can be restored to us and continue to serve with us. Maybe they're only gone for one weekend. Maybe they're gone for several weeks. Maybe they're dealing with hard things that they don't need to be alone about. Maybe they need a phone call or some encouragement in some way, form, or fashion from the church, which, by the way, you guys are pretty awesome at. Over the last several weeks, I've heard from people in our church how they are overwhelmed by y'all's encouragement toward them throughout their hardship and 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 that's because the lord is having his way in our hearts and we praise him for that and we give you we give you some acknowledgement for your faithfulness so so just know that that's happening and know that god is having his way so look what he look how they pray though he said they acknowledge god's sovereignty right they acknowledged the power of God. It says they they went, lifted their voices together in prayer to God, and they said, "Sovereign Lord, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them." Now, do we think that they had to tell God this? That do they think they had to inform God of this fact? No, I don't think so. I think that they are saying to themselves and they're uh saying to god we know who you are and we know your power we know that nothing exists that you didn't create and that you're not lord over everything is yours everything is in your hands this is important for us to understand what's about to happen in this prayer it's important for us to understand it so that we can allow it to be true not only here in the scripture, but also in our own lives, in our church, and in our witness. Okay? It's important that we acknowledge God for who He is, His authority, His power, His Lordship over all of the universe and all of creation. Then he. then they say, uh, Then they say in, in, in verse 25, whoa, that ain't verse 25. Put me on the next slide, would you, would you, Kevin? So verse 25, he started, they start, they continue to the prayer. It says, You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Okay, so they know David, they know about David, and they say that whatever David wrote down in Psalm chapter 2, in in the first couple of verses of chapter 2, was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Words given to David by the Holy Spirit. I think if that's true and it's in the word of God so I believe it's true I think that the, that means this is the very words of God spoken through David and now shared again through the believers in their prayer here's what they said they they quoted Psalm 2 and they said why do the nations rage against uh, excuse me why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. That's the quote from Psalm 2. So I wonder why they're quoting, I don't wonder, I'm asking you to wonder. I wonder why they're quoting Psalm 2 to God. It came from God to start with. I think this is, remember, this is their prayer in response to the, the men who are in authority in this world telling them they can't do what God said for them to do, which is go and preach the gospel and make disciples. So they're looking at God and they're like, uh, I think it was your Holy Spirit that said, uh, why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? You ever felt like you're doing anything in vain? Like you're just wasting your time with something? You know? It's like anybody who tries to convince me that tofu is good, it just it's, their work is in vain. It, it will never happen. There's no way that you're going to convince me that you can make tofu tastes good to me now there's a a small chance i could be wrong about that but i just think the effort would be in vain he says the kings of the earth take their stand and the rules the rulers gather together against the lord and against the anointed one and and david's david's talking about himself because he was the anointed one but he's also talking about the anointed one jesus because david was an example of jesus at some in his lifetime. I want, you to, I want you to notice. Why? Think about our day, our world today. Think about the life that we're living. Think about all the things that go on in our lives, in our community, in our nation, around the world. And you look at how many different ways that the world is trying to be against God right now you think about that and it becomes concerning doesn't it and we 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 lift up our prayers and say lord why don't why don't we do something about this why don't you do something about this and we say things like if if if, if people would just turn back to god this this would all go away which is true isn't it we've seen it happen over and over again all throughout scripture when people turn to god then his hand of blessing returns And when they turn away from God, his hand of blessing backs off. The world plots against the Lord. The nation's rage, that's happening. And the people's plot in vain, that's happening. You take any moral issue going on in the world, any one of them, and most of the world is saying the opposite of what God says about it. And the Christians are trying to say, well, we want to stand with God. And it seems like, it seems like, to me anyway, maybe it seems like this to you, but it seems like we're outnumbered a lot of times. It seems like there's more people against God than there is with God in our world today. And it can become discouraging if we're not careful it can become concerning it can become a problem in our hearts that drives us into this fear-filled life as if god doesn't exist what i here's what i know i know this because it says it all over god's word and it's been proven in my life with my relationship with god that it doesn't matter if every person is against god if there's one who's faithful God will win. Such as Noah. Right? If none are faithful, God will win. God is unstoppable, y'all. I'll go over here. Maybe the pulpit was in the way. God is unstoppable. You can't stop God. You can't put anything in his way. You can't build a wall to keep him in. You can't crush him down. You can't erase him. You can't do anything to make God and his truth be gone. So that's why the people, the believers, after they've been persecuted for preaching the gospel and for loving people and loving God in such a way... They were threatened by the opposers of God. So they go to God and they're like, hey God, uh, we're doing what you said and we believe that you're going to handle this. And we believe you can handle this. Why? Because everything belongs to God. You ever think about it? Think about the issues of the world. Think about the issues of our nation. Think about the issues of our communities, the issues in our neighborhoods, the issues in our own homes, and the issues in our heart, and how great they are and difficult they are and the struggles that come along with them. God already knows and is already involved. Isn't that great? Now, I know some of y'all are in some valleys right now and it's hard to understand that or hard to absorb all of that fully. Because I've been there, and sometimes I live there. And it's a battle, isn't it? You know that God is there, and you know that God understands, and you know that God has authority over it, and you know that God is doing something. But it doesn't change how you feel sometimes. Right? So they quote, David's words that are given to him by the Holy Spirit. And they're saying, look, the, the nation, everything that happens in this world that's against God, they plot against God, it's all for nothing. Every single bit of it is for nothing. Anyone who comes against me or you for being believers, for preaching the gospel, it's all for nothing. Because God's truth will reign forever. All right, get with me, y'all. Verse 27 Let's look at verse twenty-seven. Go to the next slide if we can. No, there's twenty-six. All right, verse twenty-seven. Here we go. He says, "Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the the, the Gentiles and the people of the people, as plural. The, the original writing is the peoples of Israel in this in this city to conspire against you, your holy servant Jesus, whom you uh, anointed." <laughs> Still talking to God, still giving God credit where credit's due, still saying that God's awesome and it's His plan. And these people, uh, uh, Gentiles and the people of Israel, everybody plotted against this Jesus plan. Here it is, right here, y'all, in verse 28. This right here is where it's at. This right here is what helps me and should help you and every other believer in this world. In the times of hardship and persecution and trouble and sadness and, and depression and darkness, this will help you if you can understand it. Verse thirty eight or twenty-eight says, They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. They who? The people that were opposing Jesus in God's plan. You ever think about it? How would you like to be Judas? You ever think about that? What 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 kind of a raw deal did Judas get to be picked by God to be the guy that turns Jesus in? Until you understand the gospel and how Jesus died for everybody. Everybody has opportunity to repent of whatever their role is in putting him on the cross, including me and you. My role in putting Jesus on the cross was just as bad as Judas's role and yours was too we think about how many times did God clean up the mess that we created in life because we made poor decisions or just flat out decided to sin against him and yet God in his love and grace and mercy shows up and cleans up the mess hopefully teaching us some things Hopefully helping us grow out of that type of behavior. For 30 years, I learned what 20, verse 28 meant. For 30 years, I've learned that. These people they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. goes back to the beginning of the prayer. God, you created all of this. There's nothing that happens that you don't allow happening. There's nothing that, that's going on that you're not involved in. There's nothing that, that, that is good or bad going to happen without your, appro- your say-so. You letting it happen or making it happen. Do we think that God is ever surprised by the happenings in this world? For 30 years, I had to learn why God would allow my son to be disabled, suffer. But now I know. Now I know. I started to know about halfway through that journey. I started to figure some things out. But now I know. Because God did some amazing things. It wasn't that something happened that God didn't know. Or that God makes mistakes. Or that God didn't see that coming. Or that God was punishing somebody. Or that God was not doing something because he's a mean God. None of those things. Because God is God. And he knows and does what he wants. And it's all for his purpose, for his glory. So for one purpose, for people to know that Jesus is the Christ. And I have to believe that my son being born the way he was had something to do with me coming to Christ at some point in my life. We studied this morning in in 2 Corinthians how Paul was saying that our, our weaknesses make us strong. And when you go through suffering like that in any way, not that my suffering is greater than anybody else's, but that was my suffering. It really was his, but I took it for myself and I should have left it to be him. But sometimes God gets us where we have to look at him. We have to seek him. We have to go to him. Sometimes he allows us to go through some valleys that we need his light to find our way. Because if you're like the 20-year-old me, you got it figured all out. I was on plan X or something of my life when I met Jesus for the first time. When I finally said yes to the Lord and got saved, I was already on plan X. I had exhausted all these other plans on how to live my life and be successful and be happy and not suffer and solve all the problems, at least in my world. And I kept exhausting myself to the point where I had to say to myself, uh, you don't know what you're doing. But God does. See, it says, it says your, his power and his will had decided beforehand that those things should happen. In, in this case, talking about the persecution of these believers. Talking about these people saying, don't be preaching in Jesus' name anymore. Or we will arrest you again and we will punish you. And Jesus, it goes right along with what Jesus taught. You, They will hate you because they hate me. If we would preach the gospel starting off with that, then when somebody jumps up and says, ooh, I want to be saved, I want to be a Christian, it might be more genuine, wouldn't it? Because we're saying, hey, do you want to be hated? Anybody? Nobody wants to be hated. But nobody wants to go to hell either. So here they are, filled with the Spirit, and they're lifting their voices up to God, and they're saying, hey, God, we know that all this is yours, and you created it all, and nothing happens that you're not a part of. So look what they say in verse 29. It says Verse 29 says, Now, Lord, consider their threats, and enable your servant servants to speak your word with great boldness. <laughs> oh, how many times... How many times have we went before God and the prayer was, and this isn't necessarily a wrong prayer, but let's just say, for example, uh, Lord, I'm suffering, will you take this away from me? Right? Or make it a little bit easier to share the gospel with my neighbor so they don't get mad at me every time I say Jesus' name. We want to love people, but we don't want it to be a bad experience. We, we want to stand firm in what we believe, but we don't want to cause problems. We don't want to appear to be troublemakers. These guys w- appeared to be troublemakers to the rest of the world. These guys were treated poorly. They caused friction just because they said, Jesus is the Christ, and he resurrected from the dead. Not only that, they were... Uh, doing miraculous things in the name of Jesus. So he's like, look, consider these threats, Lord. Consider these guys and what they're saying and just give us what we need so that we can do what you told us to do and not only just do it, but do it boldly. Do do it the way you want us to do it because if you have the Spirit of God in your heart and you go into the world and faithfully go and preach the gospel, make disciples, you're not going to do it in a weak manner if it's done by the Spirit of God. You're not going to do it like timidly if it's done with the Spirit of God in your heart. We're ambassadors for the gospel, y'all. We walk, around, we walk around knowing who we are. We walk around knowing who lives in us. We know who our Father is. We know He's the God of all things. And everything is in his hands. So let me just say the gospel to anybody that God gives me opportunity. And let the chips fall where they may. And the prayer is that they would receive this gospel. And be in the crowd that believes. And not be in the crowd that opposes. But expect people to reject expect people to threaten expect people to hate expect people to treat poorly and get in the habit of going to god and lifting up our hearts and our words in this way so that we can say god hey look they didn't say god make it easier they didn't say god make it better they just said hey make us stronger in the face of this i would love to pray for just an easy life wouldn't it be nice It would be nice, it it would just be so nice if I could just go fishing, maybe hunt a little bit, race my race car, come in here and preach the gospel, and eat barbecue with y'all. If that's all I ever did, I would be like the next best thing to being in the presence of God. But that ain't how it works, is it? That ain't how it is, because we have life going on. We live in a world that's full of wickedness around us. And nobody wants to hear what we got to say about Jesus. In fact, they're aggressively working against what we got to say about Jesus. So we have to get intense. We have to kick it up a notch. We have to ask God for more than what we've already got to be strong and to be bold in the face of the opposition. In a world that seems to think that the Christians are the, 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 the their biggest enemy, that we hate everybody. Which is, you and I both know, if you're saved, you know and I know, that this that's the furthest thing from the truth. We don't hate anybody. In fact, with the Spirit of God living in us, we can't help but love everybody. Now, we struggle from time to time to, to do it right, don't we? Say amen, y'all. y'all know it's right. Because I'm not always that lovable, I know that. And then sometimes y'all just hang up the phone and it's like, man, (laughs) what in the world? I'm working on it, y'all. They're asking for boldness. They're like, look, we don't care. We don't want you to stop this. We just want you to make us more powerful. We want the gospel to go further into the world. And it really, I don't really believe it was because they were saying, hey, get those people that are challenging us and threatening us. Go get them, God. No, they're saying, help us be more bold. If you noticed in their conversation with these leaders, these authority uh, type people, they were preaching the gospel to them so that they might get saved. That's where Jesus says, love your enemies. Hello? (laughs) It's always easy to love your friends. But to love those who spit in your face is almost impossible without the Lord. He says, verse 30, the rest of this prayer says, stretch out your hand and to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. More miraculous signs, Lord, and more amazing things to happen, Lord. Why? Because they wanted to be uh, popular people, going around healing people? No, because they understood what we learned in the last couple of messages, that when God does those things, it gets people's attention so they can preach the gospel. What would that look like today? What kind of prayer would that look like today? I think, I think that prayer would look like, Lord, whatever you got to do, to get people's attention in this community so that we can share Jesus with them and share the gospel and help them understand. Do that so that we can do our job. And you can have your way. And many will be saved. Many will be persecuted and many will be saved if we say those prayers. And God will get the glory. God will get all the credit because he deserves it and it's only him who makes it happen. Isn't that great, y'all? This is the one who sent Jesus to die for us that we even have a message to share with the world. All right, we're going to close up with this right here. As long as we're remembering that verse 28 tells us that whatever's going on in our lives and in our world, it's all part of God's plan, okay? God's doing something. So we just let's just be faithful. Here's what happened after they prayed in verse 31. This is awesome, y'all. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Boom! Answered, pr- answered the prayer immediately. Some of us are sitting back, like, "Well, I wish that would happen to me." Now, I, I personally have never been—that's not true. I've never been in a place where I've said a, a prayer about anything, where the place, the building, or anything, the world was shaken like that physically. Now, we have experienced a mild earthquake one time, but we were asleep; we weren't even talking to God. <laughs> wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be nice? If we were the kind of people, wouldn't it be great if we were the kind of people that when we talk to God, we ask him for the strength and boldness to go and do what he's called us to do, what Jesus died for us to do, what the Spirit of God lives in us to do, and then the world would be shaken (laughs) by the power of God. By the power of God. Now let me tell you something, When, when a preacher sat in my house, in Indianapolis, Indiana, and shared the gospel with me in a real way and helped me understand why it's important for me to understand my part in this, my world was shaken. Literally. My life was turned upside down. My life was not the same after that moment. And it's been a ride ever since. It's been awesome been great it says they were filled with the holy spirit it keeps saying that in the book of acts they were filled with the holy spirit all throughout the book of acts they're filled with the holy spirit they're filled with the holy spirit because these everything they did were the acts of the holy spirit how god interacted and started the church and how the gospel message goes throughout the church and throughout the believers and it's the power of god that changes lives and saves people from the eternity in hell How do we get people to come to church? I don't know. I mean, I do know, but it's not the right way. I would rather do it God's way, right? Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> I know our elders are like, amen. Let's <laughs> do it God's way, right? God's way is to be for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. For us to go to God and say, hey God, things are tough. We know that you know that. Things are getting hard. But give us strength. Give us wisdom. Give us words. Help us be who you want us to be in the middle of it all. Let us be the light in the middle of this dark, dark world. Or, 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 option two, we can go home and we can worry and cry about how bad the world is. I don't think that's what God wants us to do. I think God wants us to stand up and say, but God, we see all this happening, but God, Involved. Jesus is Lord. And say to the say to the opposers of the gospel, you can't win. Because God is unstoppable. The gospel is unstoppable. The message of Jesus on the cross and his death, burial, and resurrection is unstoppable. And if you think you've stopped it, you're fooling yourself. Because one day you're going to wake up in the presence of God, and be rudely and sadly shocked and disappointed. There's nothing worse than thinking you've won a game that you haven't won. You ever watch them little kids? They're playing football sometimes, and they're running the wrong way, and everybody in the world's trying to tell them to go the other way, but they think they're scoring a touchdown, but they're really not. Nobody in the world has a heart to tell them that they messed up. That's what happens to the people that oppose the gospel but it's on a serious level isn't it this is, the power of god is unstoppable the power of the holy spirit is unstoppable the gospel message unstoppable it doesn't even matter it doesn't matter what's going on if you or i as believers try to stop what god's doing in your life we're the ones going to suffer up I, I mentioned it this morning. For, for for the first 15 years of my son's life, I prayed that God would heal his physical sickness. And I suffered because I was praying against what God was doing. Right? Because God was doing great and amazing things. Awesome things that we would have never witnessed had he done something different. And people got saved because of him. People get saved because of y'all. People get saved because of y'all and because of y'all. Because of what he does in your life. Because sometimes we suffer and people see our suffering and they're like, how do you, what in the how how do you have so so much peace in your life even though we see your suffering? There's no way I could go through what you're going through and still be as positive and peaceful as you, even though our faces are full of tears and hardship. It's because they're seeing God in you. They're seeing the gospel played out in your life. Isn't that that great? We We should be the most excited, the most powerful, the most confident people in the world. Because we can't lose. We're going to talk about that next week. We cannot lose. You can lose but the kingdom of God can't lose. And when I say we, I mean those of us who belong to the kingdom of God because we believe that Jesus is the Christ. And if you're not one of those people, now is the time. Not Right now is the time. Jesus is Lord. He was here in the flesh. He's God, fully God, fully man in the flesh for the purpose of dying on the cross so that he could be resurrected from the dead so that all who believe that that's true can be saved. And the Bible tells us if you do believe that, you should repent. Stop being an enemy of God. Just say, you know what? I'm going to stop living like God don't exist. And then I'm going to confess Christ. I'm going to say to the world, I believe. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. That's what the Bible teaches us. And then the gift of the Holy Spirit comes into your life and you become unstoppable. You become unstoppable for the glory of God. You become amazing for the glory of God. You become everything that Jesus died for you to be so that someone else has an opportunity to be saved. Did you ever realize your salvation is not just for you? It's just a side benefit, really. It's for me, but I, it's also for me to help somebody else. The ship is going down, y'all. We've got to help as many as we can. I love you and the Lord loves you. If y'all are ready to sing, we're gonna sing a song. And if you if you don't know the Lord, you're not saved, then you need to decide that as soon as you can. As soon as right now would be the best opportunity. If you're not sure, just come talk to me and we'll talk about it some. But if you're ready, we can make it happen now.